This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Now a man was ill, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfumed oil and dried his feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was ill. So the sister sent word to him saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, this illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you and you want to go back there? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If one walks during the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks at night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. He said this and then told them, our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I am going to awaken him. So the disciples said to him, Master, if he is asleep, he will be saved. But Jesus was talking about his death while they thought that he meant ordinary sleep. So then Jesus said to them clearly, Lazarus has died. And I am glad for you that I was not there that you may believe. Let us go to him. So Thomas called Didymus said to his fellow disciples, let us also go to die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary secretly, saying, the teacher is here and is asking for you. As soon as she heard this, she rose quickly and went to him. For Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still where Martha had met him. So when the Jews who were with her in the house comforting her saw Mary get up quickly and go out, they followed her, presuming that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, where have you laid them, him? They said to him, sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, take away the stone. 
Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd here, I have said this, that they may believe that you have sent me. When he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what he had done began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. This is the fifth Sunday of Lent, beginning the fifth week of Lent. There is something different from when you come in, depending on the entrance to this church and in our worship space, beginning this fifth week of Lent. Did you notice something different? Could you please tell me, or don't keep it a secret, what did you notice? So the crosses and the statues are wrapped in cloths, beginning this first, fifth Sunday of Lent. Our parish is so attentive to the, these details. We've got a statue on some scaffolding downstairs, and it was covered in a cloth. There was a tradition in Germanic countries beginning as early as the ninth century that during Lent, a big cloth would be put across between the congregation and the altar. The altar represents God, Jesus. And so the cloth presumably represented our sin, which separates us from God. In that tradition at Easter, that cloth would be removed or even ripped down the middle, like the veil in the temple, to represent that Jesus, through his passion and death, removes everything that separates us from God. And that early tradition probably led to later traditions in the church where all the statues and crosses would be covered either for all of Lent or today beginning this Sunday. For us, minimally, it hopefully reminds us this is really serious. We are getting closer to the holiest days of the year, which begin in about 10 days, the Easter Triduum. Today's gospel passage, which is John 11, 1 to 45, is about a person wrapped in cloths. What's one time in regular human life that most people are completely wrapped, including their heads, in cloths? Yes, when they're hungover, when else? When they die, it's something all around the world. Not everybody, but most people when they die are completely wrapped up in cloths. This gospel passage is about a man wrapped in cloths because he's died. His name is Lazarus. And I hope that Lazarus and today's passage, particularly for the many of you who've been actively living Lent, will be particularly clarifying and encouraging. In the Gospel of John, we are told that Lazarus and his two sisters, Martha and Mary, are particularly close friends of Jesus. The Gospel writer repeats to emphasize Jesus loves Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. At this point in the Gospel, Jesus has left Judea 
because some of his enemies have tried to kill him. They've tried to stone him to death. So Jesus and his disciples are at some distance from Judea when Martha and Mary send word that their brother Lazarus is critically ill. Jesus hears this. Jesus who teaches people that true love includes when I am ill, you care for me. Very striking that when Jesus hears that Lazarus is critically ill, Jesus makes the decision to not go to him yet. That's got to grab the attention of the disciples. Jesus remains for two days, does not go to Lazarus. Then he has this conversation we just heard about Lazarus is asleep. They think, of course, it means natural sleep. Jesus says, Lazarus is dead. And now we're going to go to him. His disciples understandably say, don't go, because those people are trying to kill you. Jesus says, we're going to go, which could make no logical sense. Why is he going to this person after he's dead? Why is Jesus willing to risk being killed himself to get to the dead man, Lazarus? They don't understand. And actually, one of them, Thomas, has the honesty to say, let's go and die with him. He does not understand what's going on, but he is connected enough to Jesus that he goes with him. They go to Bethany in Judea. Martha and Mary, the two sisters, eventually both come out to greet Jesus. So first Martha, later Mary. When they get to Jesus, they both say the first thing, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha and Mary know clearly that Jesus has miraculously healed many, many, many sick people. This is, not comp- this is comparable to what you and I know. What they're feeling, you can imagine. I don't know for sure. Martha, when she first gets to Jesus, says this, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Is she angry? She may be. Is she disappointed? I imagine. All kinds of things could be going on. And she adds, but I know that even now, whatever you ask God, God will give to you. She knows Jesus is a healer. She also knows God the Father listens to Jesus. Does she expect that Jesus will raise Lazarus from the dead? I do not know, but I would tell you, and I think this really matters, I think absolutely not. If she believed that, well, why would she? Jesus to this point has never ever in his public ministry raised from the dead a person who's in the tomb. He's been in the tomb for four days. He is dead, 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 dead. There is no confusion. Secondly, if she thought Jesus might raise her brother from the dead, which she would have no reason to think, why would she have the stone put over the cave where he's buried? It's a big stone. Or why would she not have had it removed, hoping that Jesus would do something? The key thing to me is, when Jesus subsequently says, move the stone, it's Martha who says, there's going to be a stench because he's been dead for four days. I do not think she has any thought that Jesus will raise him from the dead. What she decides to do is to stay with Jesus. I think she is just saying what she knows. She knows that Jesus is a healer. She knows that God listens to Jesus. 
I don't think she may expect anything, and some of us can relate to this. This woman's brother has died. She is in incredible grief. She is feeling pain. I don't think she's necessarily thinking anything, but she stays with Jesus. And Jesus stays with her. Jesus continues the conversation and draws forth from her what some Jewish people believe at this time, that Lazarus will rise again at the end of time. Whenever the world comes to its end, God will somehow give Lazarus life. She says that to Jesus. Jesus then responds with what I know is the center of this passage. I, Jesus, am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. I will come back to this. He says then to Martha, do you believe this? She says, I believe in you. She doesn't understand what he's saying. I believe that you, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, which means the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. For many of you in this church, this is critically important. She doesn't understand, nor could she, what he's saying, but she believes in him. He's the Messiah. Mary then comes out when she hears word that Jesus is there. Mary falls at his feet and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus sees that she's weeping. He sees that the other people with her, the other mourners are weeping. And Jesus weeps. A very important sentence in all of the scripture. Jesus weeps. He is perturbed. Twice, the gospel writer says, he is perturbed. He's deeply troubled by the grief that these people are experiencing. He's not at some sort of emotional distance. Jesus weeps, and he leads them to the tomb, the cave. He says, have the stone removed. He insists on it, even when Martha says, don't do it. He goes to the entrance of the cave, and he prays to God, his Father, he says, I know you hear me. You always hear me. I'm saying this. I'm praying out loud so that these people will hear me pray to you, and they'll come to believe that you have sent me. He then calls out into the tomb, Lazarus, come out. And the man who is dead, 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 comes out of the tomb, wrapped in the burial cloth, with his hands and his feet bound by the burial bands. Jesus says, untie him and let him go. This happened. This happened 2,000 years ago. So what could we take from this this week? I believe that the Jesus who loves Lazarus entirely loves everyone on this planet because we were created through him as much as he loves Lazarus, and that includes you. I believe that Jesus, when he is willing to risk his own being killed to get to the dead Lazarus, 
shows that he is willing to be killed to get to every dead human being, including you. I think some of you may remember this. In the Gospel of John, it's the raising of Lazarus for which Jesus is ultimately killed. He's killed because he claims to be God. But what drives his enemies finally to actually kill him is this miracle. As a result of the resurrection of Lazarus, Jesus is killed. Jesus Christ has already been willing to be killed, and he has been for you, to get to you. I believe that Jesus, who is entirely moved, perturbed, deeply troubled, and weeps when he is part of the agony these people are experiencing at death, is the same Jesus who is the same way with every one of us in every deep pain in this life. When you've had someone you really love die, when you are in the worst possible agony and you say, Jesus, where are you? That's where he is. He is equally weeping with us when we truly weep. And I believe that what Jesus says to Martha turns out to be the center of the passage. It's also the center of Lent, and it's the ultimate revelation of Easter. So three things, and I push you to take these away. I am the resurrection and the life. I, Jesus, am the resurrection and the life. The answer to every question you have that matters, the desire for everything good that you have, the resolution to every problem in your life, the power and the meaning and the direction and the fulfillment you seek in this fallen sinful world is Jesus Christ. He is the answer to it all, not just God in general, not just some spirituality, not a bunch of rules. A person is the resurrection and the life. If you choose to live in him by being his disciple, every death wrap that you experience, he will remove and he will untie. He will not give you an easy life. He will not remove death from this world now. He will not make things just a breeze. He will save you in the passion of your life. All of the things that can feel like death by which you're wrapped, he alone will fully remove and untie so that you can go. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Just trust me on this one. That verb in Greek in the scripture, die, is to die physically. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. I hope you get this by now. You're going to die. Unless Jesus comes back and brings this world to its end, which he will someday, you are going to die, just like Lazarus. If you and I make the choice to live as disciples of Jesus, to do it, he promises we will not die eternally. You are going to exist eternally. It does not matter what you think or feel. 
you are going to exist eternally, either with God and everyone who's with God, or you are going to exist eternally in hell. It's one or the other. The one who makes it possible when we die to live eternally is Jesus Christ. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. That second verb for die in Greek is about dying spiritually. We die spiritually insofar as we detach from God, who is life and love. We die spiritually as our souls become weak and sick, and they can become terminal. We die spiritually when we choose to sin. We die spiritually when we embrace the ways of the devil. We die spiritually when we do the deeds of darkness. We die spiritually when we're hurt by other people and we won't let God heal us. We die spiritually when we let all of our issues become blocks to God. There are many, many, many people walking around this planet who are physically quite fit, who are wrapped in spiritual death cloths already. They might have a lot of makeup on and they might need those death cloths to be fit because of Ozempic these days, but they are walking around spiritually dying and dead. If you don't get this, you better get it fast. There has never been more immediate opportunity in this society to die spiritually than it is for us and for our children in the future. Jesus Christ, to repeat, does not promise an easy life at all. He promises that if you live his love, he will never let you die spiritually on this planet. Whatever the worst is about other people and about you and about circumstances, if you choose to live his love for real, he will take off whatever spiritual death threats there are and you will never die spiritually. That's all that matters. It's all that matters in life. So if you've been actively living Lent, I hope you will get this and be encouraged by it this week. I hope you will know that Jesus Christ completely loves you. I hope you will know he has already been subjected to death to get to you. I hope you know that if you, like Martha, don't necessarily understand anything, but you believe in him, if at this point in your existence, you truly believe he's the Messiah, and there's a whole lot more to come, blessed are you. I hope that you can see in that scene salvation. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.